This is 11 O'Clock Comics, episode 54. On uh, comic timing for a couple, but yeah, but the less said the better. The um, <laughs> well, we also we have we haven't we haven't changed the format either. So don't, no, you, don't no, piss on your history. I, 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 I yeah. it's a fellow That's Jew. Good. I can't I can't this. So hey everybody, it's eleven o'clock comics, and I am Vince B. Oh, I'm Chris Neesman. Sorry, I was I was looking at the beautiful uh, Queen and Country Definitive Edition. I got lost there for a second. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you lick those pages, they'll warp. So uh, keep a little bit of distance on there. Oh, my balls. Oh, oh nice. Your balls. I don't want to think about your balls. <laughs> oh, you sure? <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm, I'm over here. I'm, I'm David Price, and I left my books downstairs, so I'm going to wing it tonight. Nothing new. <laughs> tonight? Nothing new, baby. <laughs> Indeed. Run, run with what run. works. Renee's got you locked out of the rest of the house, David. <laughs> well, I don't have a wireless headset. I'm trying to be professional here. Ah, trying the operative word. No, he of- is very. You don't bust my David. He's very. <laughs> don't bust my David. Well, and of course, I am the one, the only Randall Flag. No, you're not. You wish you were, but you are Jason Wood. Does that mean? Does that mean you read a good comic? That is a good comment. Dude, I was talking to I was talking to Sal today. I was like, they just need to get over this and just fucking start calling this shit Captain Trips. Uh-huh. That's what let's they need to start cut, doing, let's, dude. Let's just cut right to the chase. They raised man. it to a five today, people. Oh boy! Uh, you see what our our president said today in his 100 day Q and A about it. Who's that? Our president. <laughs> <laughs> what would he say? What would he say? Uh, he, his first the first question of the Q and A was. Um, will you or at what point would you consider closing the Mexican border? And he said, uh, while that's certainly a consideration, um, it would be equivalent to closing the barn door after the uh, you know <laughs> the chickens are out. So he said it's it's already here. So well, at least he's closing, smart. Closing the border is not going to do much good, unfortunately. I, I'm not, I'm not worried about it. Yeah, I'm not. you live in fucking Bumble, Pennsylvania. Ronnie Deutsch going to fix it. Ronnie you know, Deutsch. Ronnie gonna, Deutsch. Ronnie yeah. Deutsch. Is, and she, you know what? She's going to fix it, and she's going to get us some money, too, on top of <laughs> it all. Your, your boy, Arlen Specter, man. Yeah. Your boy. Yeah. Turncoat. Yeah. Turncoat. Turncoat. Yeah. 
It's, uh, it's called seeing the light. <laughs> <laughs> Ronnie Deutsch. Well, not to turn this into a political conversation, but let's be honest. The only reason that, that Spectre's doing this is for his own motivations because he's getting his ass kicked in the Republican primary. So, Well, hey, if, you're, if your caucus said, uh, we're going to give this other guy a bunch of money and have him run against you, wouldn't you give them the fucking finger and say, mm, yeah, um, fuck you. Um, filibuster mean anything to you? Mm, guess not. Sorry. I, I heard that you. Was, a- that was fucking... That was underhanded bullshit. I heard he has a big caucus. But I mean, seriously, not yeah. to turn it into a political debate, but if your caucus did that and, <laughs> and raised money and encouraged someone to run against you in a primary, wouldn't you change parties? Yeah. It's, it's sort of like asking me uh, what would I say to God if I met him. I, it, I, the idea of me being an elected official is so far left of any th- reality that I would ever consider. I, I think the word you're looking for is scary. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, look, I have, I have the utmost respect for the few politicians that try and do it right, but I, the idea of uh, – there are a lot more – there are about 8 million things in life I'd rather do than be an elected official. Yeah, sure. Like Sweet talk word. about comics. That's right. We exactly. Of, it is an or awesome drink. week. It's an awesome week to this week. Got lots to talk about. So let's. You have been pumped up. You were even on Twitter all day. You must not have had any cock and balls to draw at work today. You know what? If they had a follow Friday for Thursday, I should be all over that today. I was good oh. today. Hey, I got a I got a little, uh, follow, uh, follow Friday. Um, Mark Beatty at Dark Tower Comics is finally twittering, so Woo. so follow follow Dark Tower Comics. And his first Twitter announcement was, um, "Hey everybody, I just got nominated for the Eisner Spirit of Comics Award." Awesome! awesome. Yay! Yeah, so well congratulations. Great. Uh, congratulations to Mark Beatty. So yeah. um, while we're on so, topic with the Twitter, I made mm-hmm. your day today, didn't I? On the Twitter. Who? Me? Me. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, thank you. Go ahead. Yeah, Let people and, know what, what you, me and Colin Bunn were very excited. And well, Mike Oliveri. And Mike Oliveri. So, you know, uh, we were talking about Alien Legion. It's been a common theme for the past two episodes. And we were talking about the forthcoming Omnibus, Omnibus from Dark Horse Comics. And uh, it was announced that it is being published to lead into a new series. And do you know where I got this information from, Sir Neesman? Um, Dark Horse's website? No. It's a little uh, monthly magazine little. called Previews. Oh, see, I got it. <laughs> that, so Previews yeah, I, is I, good I, for something. I got, it. I got it from Dark Horse's website. Whenever well, I went. I'm, no, I'm a, I actually, I'm a I Luddite. It. I, stick I got paper. it from you um, after you read that <laughs> archaic old rag. Ah. Which, which, oddly enough, see, the conceptual continuity is all over the stinking place on this show. We got an email from someone who uh, named Mike D., who says, hey guys, I just listened to 11 o'clock comics podcast 52 and 53 and enjoyed them immensely. And since there was lots of Deadpool and Alien Legion talk, I thought, I thought you might get a kick out of some of exactly. my recent sketches. And he sent me a couple links, which I, I will reproduce in the thread for this episode. I'll tell you, if they have not decided on the artist for the Alien Legion series, it's over. Because this guy, I would give him the job in a second. Un- really? Unbelievable. I, t- I tell you what, if, if, if Doug Mankey wasn't doing Green Lantern, oh, that yeah. would oh, be at the so true. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Mankey bear the shit out of Alien Legion. Mr. Mike D sent me three links. One is uh, to two of them to his website and one's to a DeviantArt page. I'll tell you, he did two Grimrods. Unfrickin' believable. Sweet. I don't know how, he's, how he is drawing flora and fauna because they're just figure shots, but he is 
very sweet. Now, and now, like I said, now, you'll be able to see them on our website, which is at forum.bullpenbulletinspodcast.com or www.11oclockcomics.com. Yeah, Sorry, but, I, I was talking all over you, Vince. That's but, all right. I love it. Hang with me here for a second. <laughs> Probably my my dream artist on Alien Legion and Steve Huger. What about Sienkiewicz? Oh, Dude, I was just going to say that. That's no, crazy. Not. You're a liar. I was just going to say that. That is badass. That Wouldn't is he badass. On that? Sienkiewicz would be good on anything, but yeah, I could see him doing a bitch in Alien Legion. Absolutely. Oh, it would be yeah. so good. Sienkiewicz would make well, I haven't read the series yet, but this week my package did arrive from my comic shop. <laughs> awesome! With all 38 issues of the first two series, and so wow. all I've done is look at the, at the covers, and that's what made me think of Sinkevich. I was like, man, this 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 stuff is a little reminiscent of uh of the Sinkevich stuff that uh, especially that New Mutant stuff that he used to that he was yeah. doing back in the day. So uh, yeah, that would be awesome. And uh, all you got to get now is the uh, miniseries. I know, I know. Well, I figured, uh, you know, I've got 38 comics to get me going, and I actually thought, because my comic shop didn't send them bagged and boarded, so they're all in nice oh. order, so I think I'm going um, to make my first foray into comic binding after reading them. I'm going to read them, and then send them off, and have them bound in two volumes. Cool. cool. Yeah. Nice, yeah. nice. That's, uh, you, you'll, you'll dig it. it. It's a cool series. Um, uh, drink roll call. Let's, because oh. I know we, want, we really want to talk comics, so let's knock it out here real quick. Uh, Mr. Wood. I'm two fisting. In the left hand, I have Diet Dr Pepper. In the right hand, I have a glass of Jameson. Now you put that you put that in your mouth at the same time and swish. Oh, no, no, <laughs> it's swish. Alternate, and you get something sip. we like to call poop. <laughs> Alternate sip, baby. Mister Mister Price. Uh, rum and Coke. Okay, there you go. Uh, Mister B. Black and tan. Bottled by the um, extraordinary Yingling Brewing Company, who um, will not ship to New York anymore, from what I hear. Really? Right? Is it New York? Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. yeah. It's a bad day in New York. Um, I'm breaking protocol here and um drinking milk. I, no, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna call I'm gonna call this a Mike Norton. Um <laughs> Mike, Michael <laughs> like this. Really? No, no, I'm drinking I'm drinking um Jack and R C mm, and huh? you, I don't drink Jack because it's Tennessee um sour match whiskey and I'm a bourbon bourbon guy um i like my uh, i like my whiskey from kentucky um but mike and i always argue about uh, about jack versus jim so i'm having jack daniels and rc so i'm going to dub the a mike norton see i would that's, think that's a, a drink named after mike norton would be full of piss and vinegar and <laughs> it have to be furry i think and come in a really big glass a really tall glass <laughs> you know and, I, and draw I, really I actually, well I had a yeah I had I had a lot of fun with uh with Mike and uh, uh, Tim Seeley and uh, and Mike's lovely girlfriend we went to see Andy Kuhn, the artist for uh, Firebreather and mm-hmm. uh, and uh, many many other things uh, his band the Fuglies were in Chicago last week playing the International Pop Overthrow Festival so nice. got to uh, got to go hang out with some of my my favorite comic peeps and uh, and watch Andy's band play and they tore it up it was a good time so check out the That's fuglies That's good I love kind of, Andy uh, style Oh Andy's great and, and and Andy's just a great guy Chris what kind of music is it uh power pop Abs- absolute power pop um kind of uh, Kind of Weezerish if you go on the the extreme pop side of Weezer, but it's it's very much just just power pop, and and they they rock out. They do a great job. Nice. So check out their band or the their CD Indiana. 
is is a lot of fun. So and there's uh, you know some comic references and that kind of stuff. Andy's in Andy plays uh, bass and uh, is uh, kind of dual lead singer. There's two guys in there that that do lead vocals, but Andy does a lot of the lead vocals. So he's he is a very talented young man. That Andy Coon. Hell yeah. All right. <laughs> Jason Wood. Jason Wood. You're Jason Wood. Get a lot of heat in that. Rolling Stone magazine says this album is nice. Entertainment Weekly gives it four stars, and hip hop master Snoop Dogg says Jason Wood Dizzle is the Frizzle Dizzle. Find more Wood, Mojita. Find our music retail outlets near you. Yeah, boy! Let's get into the comics. I just You've have a question. Up in it a bit, dude. I am, and I got lots mm-hmm. to talk about. Uh, for those of us who are caught up on Amazing Spider-Man, and yes. I, this is not anything specifically to do with the content. Well, yeah, it is, but the storyline or the art or anything. What is the deal with Sleepies? Sleepies. <laughs> Sleepies is friggin' everywhere in Spider-Man's New York. They're also in um, crap. There was uh, man. I am losing it today. The um, you you realize when you pause, you know what's what's going to happen, don't you? Yeah, you're going to get uh, a spaghetti. <laughs> spaghetti. It was it was either Thor. It was it was a recent book where it was kind of like even an alternate alternate universe, not zombies, but it was it was a billboard, and I was just like, it seems kind of odd that that would be there because I'm not. It's not even like the real. Six one six, but why not have a sleepies wherever the hell? What are you, what are you all so. talking about? On billboards, on trucks, any any kind of um, vehicle or or stuff. Remember the, the old spice ads during, uh, or, or the army ads back during like World War Hulk, and when Marvel was was saying that they were going to put the product placement stuff. Yeah, yes, yeah. yes, yes. Because I remember when when Excalibur, new Excalibur, first came out, everybody was making a big deal about when Dazzler was in the restroom. The Nike symbol was on the inside of the bathroom stall. And this is like the same thing. I mean, Spider-Man swinging by and on the side of a truck, big as day, in the, right in the, the foreground of the panel, in red, it's Sleepies. I was like, I mean, wow. how else are they, they got to pay for the comic somehow? I mean, what else are they going to do? Charge us three ninety nine an issue? I mean, but it's a yeah. good idea. <laughs> <laughs> very nice. I think nice. it's a very good idea because it, it it's not a full page ad, obviously, and it's kind of unobtrusive. You don't really have to notice it if you don't want to. And, right. I mean, who's going to bitch over that? It's a truck with something that would be on the side I, of a truck. I didn't like, even notice it. I, oh, I, really? I like I like the. Yeah, I don't know. It's, I, I, I'm so desensitized to advertising. I work in advertising. I'm so desensitized to it that I don't know. It's, See, I'm, I'm very I'll observant. Go. I get paid to observe, so I picked up on it. Cool. True. <laughs> Me, I'm thick as a brick. So. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, uh, no, honestly, that's um, uh, one of the, I, I pay much more attention to um, like grammar and text and dialogue in comics ah. than art. It's as long as the art is telling a story, I miss a lot of the details and stuff. It's like Alan Alan Moore books um, that are just 
steeped with with detail in mm. the, I'm reading uh, uh Talbot's um uh Luther Arkwright for right. our our book club over AC and there's so much detail in there that it's it's a hard read for me because I don't pick up on a lot of on a lot of detail and stuff. I'm reading it too buddy for your for your show and it's it's a oh, dense book. God, it is I I'm We'll get into it on on the other show, but I'm trying to decide if I like it right now because it's it's really it's it's hard it's a hard read. It's well worth the effort, though. Oh, it's sorry for that. I just banged my uh, beer bottle against my mic by accident. Apologies for the sound snafu. Hey, it happens. We keep it professional here, folks. Just don't be eaten. Would you know what I was gonna? (laughs) God, God bless Matt. I was gonna start off this episode with crunchy uh, Doritos, and I said, Nah, that's too good of a guy. You're classy. I am classy. Mm. So yeah, I just I picked up on the sleepies and I was like, that's kind of cool. It doesn't bother me. I can, you know, kind of dig it. Any kind of revenue is a good thing. Mm-hmm. So why, why the hell not? I you know, I thought I, I thought this was going to be a light week for comics. I looked at mm-hmm. the the list of stuff. It did did not turn out that way. It ended up oh. being a ridiculously heavy week for comics. Why does I have got to, I've got to stop reading this many comics tell me that <laughs> there is a copy of blazing combat in your stack hey um God, n- no oh i didn't really? know i didn't know it came out today yep came out today 28 dollars hardcover 28 dollars from fanographics oh real? oh i didn't yeah. see it at the shop Reprints. I guess if I, I guess if I read previews, I would have had it. See, <laughs> reprints the complete uh, run of Blazing Combat, which I do believe was three issues, four issues. wasn't much. Published by Warren, uh, it's just fantastic stuff for Zeta. I mean, you get the best of the best. It's like it's like the the second coming of the EC dudes. Right. Man. How many pages, yeah. Vince? Oh, it looks like it's two hundred plus. Okay. No, I, I did pick up Tankies. Tankies, what is that? Well, this is, uh, the Tankies, Ennis. Oh, know. okay. Yeah, Ennis is uh, third Battlefields thing. Battlefields is uh, starting to turn into one of my favorite books, even though the last <laughs> arc Good thing was really fucking depressing. Or as so. hell. Oh yeah, yeah. It's uh, but that was that was the the World War Two stuff I got. So um, this is Warren stuff that Fanographics is is reprinting. Mm-hmm. Hardcover All format, black, beautiful black reproduction, and, and I, I paged through it at the shop because my copy is coming courtesy of DCBS. There seems to be uh, text pieces in it too, fleshing out, you know, historical pieces, and and uh, yeah, it's a nice little package, beautifully designed too. No dust jacket, which pleases me to no end. <laughs> the, the, the actual hardcover itself is designed and and printed with I think there's fighter jets on the front of it. Really nice. Uh, color black and white. Black and white. Okay, the Warren, all the Warren stuff was black and white, right? Um, yes and no. There was a period in their publication history where they would do a eight or twelve page story in color that was tipped in the middle of the book. So, okay, but okay. for the majority of the stuff, yeah, there was black and white. Just, just the tip. Just the tip. Just the yeah, sensitive right. part. Yeah. Yeah. One more thing before we dive into the the comics talk. This is comics talk too. Keep an eye out at better newsstands for. The May issue, volume 15, number 5 of Wired. Star okay. Trek? You need to buy this. Not only is it guest edited by J.J. Abrams, mm-hmm. it features articles on the Georgia Guidestones. It, see, if you know J.J. Abrams and the kind of entertainment he produces, he has a fascination with puzzles and mysteries and the, and the paranormal. This issue is completely devoted to everything J.J. Abrams likes. 
There's an article on the Georgia Guidestones, which is the American Stonehenge. A profile on Teller of Penn and Teller fame. <laughs> a article on weird things about the moon. A teeny piece on the lunatic from Pahrump, Art Bell. Uh, James Sanborn did this sculpture called Crypto for the CIA headquarters that even the cryptologists in the CIA cannot decode. It's, it's awesome. But the real reason why I'm pushing this, aside from a full-page comic strip by Chris Ware, there is a six-page full-color comic by Paul Pope called When Worlds Collide. It's a Star Trek comic mm-hmm. that's kind of a lead-in, tie-in, lead-out to the new film. Mm. It is delicious. You have to see this. Unbelievable. I want to be Paul Pope. Yeah. Because the, the, oh, like you would not believe. The, the guy has an uncanny sense of where lines should go. It's, it's, uh, it's Spock marooned on a planet, and he's recounting his days as a, a crew member of the Enterprise and, mm-hmm. and coming up through the ranks of uh, Vulcan and how he got where he got. And there, a, a puzzle factors into it. And this issue is loaded with puzzles. There's like brain teasers, uh, impossibly difficult brain teasers. But the real reason to buy this issue, four ninety nine, is the Paul Pope uh, comic. It's impeccable. You got to see it. And you would this think is, this is Wired, Wired magazine, yeah, full Which page. One? It's the May issue, volume fifteen, number five. It's May out now. Issue. Oh, it's, it's out, out now. It's out right now. The front cover features a cardboard box. It says it's a mystery box. There's a story that goes behind it. J.J. Abrams's grandfather bought him, I guess, at a local five and dime store where the, we used to have a, a a store near us called Sugarman's, where you would go in. They had these mystery packages. You didn't know what was in them. Could be crap. Could be you know, some, one guy got a wristwatch. You know, just uh, an excuse to move stock from the store. And his grandfather bought him a mystery package when he was a kid, and he never opened it. Hmm. So J.J. Abrams is like, what, in his 30s? Yeah. Right? So he's had this box since he's been a kid, and he hasn't opened it. <laughs> I guess that would negate the, the mystery-ness about it. So, uh, yeah, there's a mystery package on the front. It's yellow and black and white. You can't miss the front of the issue. Four ninety nine, well worth it, just for the Paul Pope um, nice. comic by itself. And I'm crazy for puzzles, so I'm trying to do some of these puzzles. They are, they're driving me crazy. It's so hard, but... Really good issue. And if you subscribe for $10, they'll guarantee you get this issue. So you either pay $5 on the newsstand or subscribe for a year for 10 bucks. Mm-hmm. Which one are you going to do? Awesome, awesome issue. Cool. So it was, it was comic-related. Yeah. Damn right it was. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'll are you going to have, you gonna have some, some Czechoslovakian art film recommendation a little bit later, though? <laughs> I might. Uh, <laughs> you might, huh? <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's... Stuart, um, regarding the buzz on Vikings, there was a retailer's convention in Memphis a couple of months ago, and Image really pimped the book there, and they had uh, pre-release copies, and retailers went wild over it and ordered lots of copies, and hence the buzz. Talk to you later. I'm going back to listening to the episode. Hey, speaking of previews, Vince. Yes, speak of it. I can't believe you've gone this far into the, the, the our weekly chat without mentioning the coolest thing solicited this month. The Bowen Design Thor bust of the frog Thor. Well, that's pretty freaking cool, but no, I was talking more <laughs> something we'd read. Something we would read in this previews? Tomb of Dracula 
two, Omnibus number two. Oh, yeah. yeah. I have all those, so that doesn't yeah. really excite me. Oh, uh, my bad, cool guy. My yeah. Hey, I was born 20 years <laughs> step before you. off. <laughs> Seriously, I got to get to step in, as they say. <laughs> oh, I no, I, for one, am excited because uh, the Tomb of Dracula first Omnibus is fantastic. Yes, it is. And, uh, I wasn't sure they would make a second one because you never know. Uh, damned if they're not. How much of the series is that going to include? I mean, are they getting close to fit to this is the it. entire series? Yeah, this it will, finishes it, will it up. Yeah. Does Tomb, this... Tomb of Dracula number 32 to 70, Giant uh-huh. Size Dracula number 5, and Doctor Strange number 14. Yeah, okay. 808 then... pages for 100 bucks. Now, you mean 50 wow. bucks? Well, I don't know. See, DCBS yeah. probably chopped the first one. They won't do it on the second one, I don't think. No, they they, they almost... I, I can't remember the last time they had an omnibus solicited for less than 50% off. And did you see the homage, co- homage, homage cover that common... Homage? Andrasofsky. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's a long friggin' name. Yes. He he did an homage of uh, Dracula number 70. It is gorgeous. See, not- you know, I'm... I'm turned into such a dork on those because whenever I started getting the 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 omnibuy, I was mm-hmm. like, okay, I'm gonna go with the classic cover, the actual right. true um, right. reproduction of, mm-hmm. of whatever it was. And now that I started with that, I I kept that all the way through, except for the Electra one. I've mm-hmm. got sure. the and it drives me insane. It's it's like this little thorn in 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 the back of my you know, mind that it's like you have one omnibus that isn't the same as the other ones and it will drive you crazy forever. Right, right. <laughs> well, it's it's so. kind of weird because the uh, Gene cover is the direct market only cover, which you would think would be the other way around, right? The, the, the homage would be the direct market. I don't understand how they decide which cover goes where, mm-hmm. but it's a very striking cover. It yeah. is. Cool. So what have you guys been reading Hey, before we get into this, did you see the Deadpool Various. solicitation? Before What's up with that, dude? <laughs> Another Deadpool ongoing? Why? Wait, do what? No, oh, because, wait, what? because of the movie. Because of the movie, I bet. Well, yeah, but it's called Deadpool Merc with a Mouth. Mm-hmm. It's written by Victor oh, yeah, yeah. Gishler, and it's drawn by Bongdazo. And it, to me, it looks like it ties into Marvel Zombies. Well, he's, <laughs> he's got a zombie Deadpool head stra- strapped to his arm. Um, I, I'm trying to stay positive here, and you guys know I love Deadpool. But as my man Blazefire, who's probably a bigger Deadpool fan than even I am, said in the forum, uh, another ongoing that's penciled by Bong Dazo is going to be a hard sell for me. And if it's a hard sell for me and Blazefire, it's probably a hard sell. <laughs> so, yeah. Whoa, 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 whoa. Wait, wait, what's wrong with the Bong Dazo? Keep it positive, it? man. I'm just gonna Oh, listen. really? <laughs> well, I'm digging his stuff. I, I would... Yeah, I, I would gravitate towards this. I don't know because I dropped the regular Deadpool, so I what? just I did. I just maybe Deadpooled out, but I don't know. What in the fuck are you doing? That, that's Why the did I Deadpool comic I've liked? Well, I I do like it, and I said I I would oh, you dropped follow it. Crossover, and, right? Yeah, yeah. It's a crossover thing. Oh, the, me the, off. the the Thunderbolts crossover. Yeah. yeah. See, when when a book crosses over with another title that's really good, that's oh, when I drop well, it. Yeah, but the thing is that that's all Deadpool is going to be is crossing over with other books because now, Jason, I don't mean this in a in a in a <laughs> wrong way, okay? Uh-huh. But and maybe this is just my interpretation of Deadpool, but he is the strongest whenever he is is positioned 
across from another character that isn't as batshit crazy as he is. Sure, so sure. you're always yeah. going to see that's I mean you have to you have to juxtapose him against people that aren't as crazy and so it's going to be crossovers and but, yeah he needs know, a straight that, man absolutely i mean he's yeah. he's so over the top he needs a straight man sure I agree or you that. need someone that is totally batshit crazy in another way which they're getting ready to do with punisher so i think like a deadpool yeah. punisher crossover is a lot of fun so you're gonna see deadpool cross over with a lot of different books and a lot of different characters because he's the wild card you know, it's like yeah, yeah. the wild card. So you you throw him <laughs> into into other into other parts of the Marvel universe, and he just causes mayhem and and havoc. And that's totally. that's what is cool about that yeah. character. So it's like he's never going to be in a book like Ghost Rider, where he's just off doing his own thing. It's he's there to kind of fuck with things. So yep. hey, David, I guess it's safe to say that uh, when this comes out, it'll be your uh, your your pick of the week on Marvel Noise. Oh, absolutely, buddy. <laughs> well, that's cool. Cool. Uh, but I'm looking forward to that. You should. Cool. Maybe it'll be another uh, week I can manage to be off. And you really, you really <laughs> can't disparage Marvel for putting out another Deadpool comic. No, I'm sure. If it's, and if it's no, selling, they're going to put it out. I'm sure Rob's happy. <laughs> Why? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's not getting any money for any of this. No, not at all. It depends on what deal he signed. But he's going to give it all to God anyway. So what the hell's JC <laughs> baby? <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, the rapture! Hey, speaking I wonder if of Rob speak- sitting here. I wonder if Rob thinks that uh, the flu is is the rapture. Oh. <laughs> well, hey, speaking of of image uh, image image founders, um, quick plug: if you're in Chicago tomorrow, that's Saturday. Uh, assuming that Vince gets us out on Friday, I uh, drop by uh, Challengers Comics and meet uh, image founder Eric Orson. Because so, Saturday's what? Free comic book day. That's right. Yeah, baby, baby. And- and once you're once you're done uh, uh, meeting Eric Larson, you can uh, at Challengers you can cruise up to Dark Tower and meet uh, Mike Norton, Tim Seeley, Tony Akins, uh, Sal Abinati, Uncle Sal, uh, Jeffrey Brown, and Chris Burnham. Damn, yeah, yeah. that's so legit. Yeah, it's, it's gonna be nice. It's gonna be nice. So, there you go. Well, it's up to chain. Yo. By the way, Sal is. You got to give him credit, man. Now that he's relaunching Atomica, that boy is out pimping his book, man. Yeah, I mean, he is. Not only did he do your show a couple of times, he did AC a couple of times, but he was on Word Balloon this week, which was surprising. Uh-huh. He did. He was he's on all over Newsarama, CBR TV. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He is. Oh yeah, CBR. Right. Yep. Uh, you got to give him credit, man. He's he's. You listen to him talk, and he he gets it in terms of you know what what you need to do to make a small press book work. I mean, he's he's doing everything a creator can do to get the word out. You know, so I hope for his sake that that it it you know it it has a desired outcome. You know, um, and people pay attention to the book because he, he sure is a labor of love for sure. So. I actually I just picked up the the first trade, and uh, and I'm reading it. So yeah, it's it's good stuff. It's uh, you know, Sal, I, I love him because he just does his thing, and he Absolutely, doesn't yeah. give a shit what anybody else says. He's going to do his book, and he's not playing the game. He's just out there wanting to make a book that he likes. Yep. So. I respect Nothing that. Wrong with that. Yeah, I could recommend. I mean, I, I I had the trade for a while, uh, the first trade, and it's definitely a it's definitely a unique book, uh, you know. And and if you like mythology, um, you know, any kind of god mythology, it's it's something I think you'd enjoy. So, which I do. So, it's definitely something I could recommend and say it's uh, <laughs> it's unique. Hey, I, I stumbled upon something very unexpected today in the five for a dollar box at the local shop. I passed on this book 
for now that I take a look at it, I have no idea why I, I didn't buy it at the time it was published. It's a DC book called Breach. Has anybody mm-hmm. read this thing? That sounds familiar. R- written by Bob Harris. But the artist on it? Uh-huh. Marcos Martin. Oh, really? Really? Yeah, I guess it lasted 11 issues. Martin was on it until issue six or seven because I didn't get the whole run. I just got five of the 11 issues. And after um, Marcos Martin left, it was uh, Javier Polito is the mm-hmm. artist. It's, it's really good looking book. And uh, at one time, wasn't Breach a big player in the DC Universe? I remember during, um, was it Infinite Crisis or Countdown? I wasn't, don't know wasn't, what that is. Wasn't Breach one of the dudes strapped to the source wall? Like, he was supposed to be a major player, and he was... He been, was this, is, this is a Tom question. Yeah, he yeah, was involved in the... Uh, remember when they were abducting heroes in Infinite Crisis to use them as power sources? Breach oh, was one so of those had, guys. Yeah. He was? Uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, I'll tell you, the Marcos Martin art, it, it, it's fantastic. Why did I not know about this book when it was coming out? I don't know. I don't I, know. I, I didn't know about it until just now. Breach. Look it up. 11 issues. You could probably get them for a buck and a half on mycomicshop.com. I would say invest in it. Well, have you read it yet to say that? Or? I've paged through it. I just got them today. Um, there's, it's very panel heavy, which I like. There's a <laughs> lot of dialogue. It's... Ditko esque because it's Marcos Martin. I, I yeah, would say a lot the of good only, stuff going on in it. The, the, the only downside might be the Bob Harris, but even then, he's <laughs> he's he's done some good work. It says in the Bible of all Bibles, uh, Wikipedia, for what it's worth, that uh, breach. That's the only thing you should be reading. Absolutely. Uh, it was originally intended to be a modern reboot of Captain Adam. Oh, until, really? Yeah, until management at DC decided not to revise the character. Who was last rebooted in the eighties? Arm- oh, yeah, they decided so, they not to revive. No, I was just going to say that yeah. they decided not to revive the character. We just want to wait till we fuck him up in Armageddon mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. and use and make him a complete tool in Bloodhaven. Ugh. He'll always be Monarch to me. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it said it even went so far as to in that series you're talking about, Vincent Breach. Evidence of the change remains in the first issue where the protagonist, Major Zanetti, is mistakenly referred to as Major Adams twice. Nice. Nice editorial control right there. That's like, that's like Peter Palmer. That's awesome. <laughs> oh, nice. Gotta love it. Yeah, but I was really stunned. I mean, this is a very good looking book. And uh, the fact that it only lasted 11 issues just mystifies me. It's really sharp. Yeah, so yeah that if happens, you, if you, still, happens to a lot of books. Yeah, Midline DC, they don't have a very long lifespan. How long did that Oh, here you go, Vince. Last? It says, yeah. It says the uh, Breach character was next seen in Infinite Crisis, where it was revealed that uh, the, if the multiverse had survived to the present, Major Zanetti would have been a native of Earth-8 as its version of Captain Adam. Breach huh. escapes from imprisonment by Alexander Luthor in issue 7 of the series, this is Infinite Crisis. He joins a makeshift army of heroes defending Metropolis from the dozens of members of the Secret Society of Supervillains. Yeah, I remember that. Breach is seen battling Amazo. Soon later, Superboy Prime ruptures in Eddie's containment suit and apparently kills him. No. Uh, explosion appears to kill <laughs> the other people. Uh, yada, yada. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Look and then up. he appears in Countdown <laughs> Arena, which is. is an absolute... Okay. So, I, right. I, I love the Jason Wikipedia corner segment of the show. That's cool. It works. Oh, my bad. My hey, bad. Added hey, value. It's all yeah, good. It, 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 it works better than waiting for him to publish something like you know DC Saga to That's, get caught up. It's, uh, <laughs> but, it's uh, added value. They ain't paying the, for uh, the, uh, No, they uh, ain't. 
I'm not going to get into that. Oh, Lord, it ain't. Um, the, uh, talking about, uh, the, the mid-tier DC books are kind of the, just out of the, out of continuity DC books that, mm-hmm. that didn't, didn't live as long as you wanted them to. Hard time. Yes. Yes. What a, what an awesome, awesome book that I probably should have been a Vertigo book. I think so too. It's, it had, had you guys read Hard Time, David or, or Jason? Nope, never heard of it. No. So Brian Hurt, wrote though. it. Uh, Steve Gerber. The man. Steve, Steve Gerber written, Brian Hurt drawn. Uh, a really, really fantastic series. Uh, Dave Wachter uh, turned me on to that book. He was a huge fan of that book. And um, Seek It Out, it, the thing is they never, they never released the entire book series in trade i think they released like the first six issues and you know vince how long was did it even make it 12 issues there was a year one and a year two and it uh succumbed to the same kind of uh fate as amazing spider girl where it took a vocal outcry from the readership to get it to this year two if if memory serves i don't think they finished the year two it was real. It was um, basically it's it is about uh, and Vince, correct me if I'm wrong. the 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 basic story is that there's a kid who um, manifests powers and more or less accidentally kills his best friend. Right? I, I believe you're right. Yeah, it's been kills a while his, since I read. Kill, it. Kills his best friend by accident, and he's what like 14. Right. Very young. Yeah. Very young. And, uh, so it's kind of like, and it's kind of like a Columbine thing that, you know, the parents freak out and because, um, they don't know what to do with him, uh, because he has these supernatural powers, they sentence him to prison. And so it's about a 14 year old kid with superpowers that he doesn't know how to control and very rarely manifest, um, going to prison. And they were. It was awesome. When, when when Gerber was pitching the idea to uh, the higher ups at DC, I think somebody at Marvel may have had a wiretap, and they said, "Hey, that would really work it for Speedball, you know, kind of Civil War thing." It's kind of like it's kind of like um, Oz meets the New Mutants. Yeah, but that was the thing about the book. It wasn't. It, it would fit very well within the Vertigo line, but because they published it, what was the the imprint? Um, DC. It was a DC imprint, right? But it, it was an imprint of DC, like uh, not uh, hard hitters, or it was something that there was a. It wasn't the only book that was published under that imprint, too. Yeah, it was like le- I want to say like DC Noir, but it, that's not it. It was something along those lines. It was a really good book that just it just didn't get any buzz, I guess. And there was a you know a few people that read it and you know realized how good it was. But man, that was that was a book that I, I really. I really would have liked to have seen, you know, hit a nice, you know, 24, um, 36 issue run. It just, it just didn't happen. But, uh, and, you know, unfortunately, Steve's no longer with us, so we're never going to see a return of hard time. So, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Hey, it is to weep. The guy was uh, one of the, one of the greats. Oh, absolutely. Oh, I'm depressed now. But anyway. <laughs> I'm bringing it down. <laughs> Hey there, Wood. How are you, big guy? Call me some dime. Wink, wink. I blow him. Jason Wood is the man. He brings the heat. <laughs>
like nobody else can. Dropping the numbers and being dope. He inspires me with so much hope. Jason Wood is a fan of Deadpool and his merry band of crazy bastards. Jason Wood is the man. What else do you... David, what have you been reading? Uh, I read... Um, well, one thing, I, I mentioned this on the forum. Um, I read Thor 601. And it, it felt to me that some of it was uh, ghost-written. I was trying to figure out if Fiona really? Avery's name was also on the book. The the huh. uh, Donald Blake, and ever since the relaunch, he's kind of been more serious than anything else. And and there were some quips that he threw out at Thor and at Loki, and uh, that were kind of unexpected coming from him. Uh, and the other thing was, I I really, I think JMS has written Doom good. Once, and that was in the Road to Civil War, Fantastic Four issues. Um, other than that, I keep waiting for uh, for the real Doom to show up and destroy this Doom bot that was in the store issue. Could be in this Doom who needs Wikipedia. <sighs> uh, oh, yeah, no. <laughs> I, um, I cracked up at that, and yeah, it was a little odd. But think about the series. First of all, what what Straczynski has been doing with Thor since the relaunch, it is Norse gods living in and actually on the Earth in modern times, and it is the um, it is the mixture of of Norse gods and Norse mythology with modern America, and so. If you look at it from that perspective, Doom talking about Wikipedia and Twitter or whatever kind of fits the flavor of the series. Now, I'm not saying that's how Doom should always be written. Um, You know, Doom is a maniacal, genius-level mastermind and dictator and, uh, you know, a, a... uh, a magician and, and all that stuff, and he's like the big bad in the Marvel universe. I think it's kind of funny that he was looking up Winkies on Wikipedia. That's yeah. that's fine. Before. I mean, using 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 Wikipedia, you know, throwing that reference out there to 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 keep it current or topical, and you know, needing to. But the way that line was delivered, and 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 his dialogue, pretty much throughout the entire issue did not sound like Doom. I mean, yeah, you had the occasional line like Latveria shall ever be Latveria and mm-hmm. and there may have you may have felt a Doom presence, but this character speaking those lines were not coming from Doom's mouth. Well, I did not feel like they were. They were in this comic, but luckily, <laughs> you know, I mean, unfortunately we don't have John Byrne <laughs> who can uh, who, who can go ahead and say, you know, how are you ever going to let Arcade strike a match? On your armor, yeah, we kind of have to live with this right now. It's just, you know, Doom's a little inconsistent. David, you you don't have to read it. No, I understand what David is saying, but you one would think that the megalomaniacal posturing that Doom has been doing for however many years he's been in existence kind of gets old to the character after a while. I mean, what does it serve? The guy is pretty much one of the smartest 
beings in the Marvel Universe, and he knows it, that kind of is redundant, so he's letting a little bit of his humanity out. Okay. I, I would, right. No, no, no. Then, no I'm no, not saying then, you're wrong, because I'm no, not you. That's, <laughs> but then so I'd I like to see stop. some consistency, because this isn't the same character in Dark Avengers or but in people the... Aren't it's, not, it's not written by the same person. Right. I know but, that, but Okay. Human beings aren't consistent. I understand you want a little bit, of, like if Peter Parker, they show him shooting up and going out and, you know, <laughs> uh, slapping the hose around. That's not Peter Parker. But dialogue is kind of hard to peg as inconsistent. I, 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 but I'm, I'm with you. I understand. And to get back to what Chris was, was talking about, the, from what I've read so far of the Thor series, it's very much rooted in the, the mythology of pop culture. So it fits, right? That that line kind of yeah, no, it meshes really well. I have no problem and, with the line. And to take, take David, Sal and I were talking about this over lunch when we get into these conversations, um, and he said that you know Sal says that you know Doom would never admit not knowing something. You know that yeah. that he would have to. Depending on who's in the room, though. Yeah, you know, it's like, so to take David's side, I can see that Doom would never admit having to to search out the answers for something, because he's Doom. He would already know. So I see it from both sides. But I don't, you know, I enjoyed it. I laughed at it. I did. And at the end of, it's a comic book. It's supposed to be fun. You know, so. the minutia the is very important to David, and I respect that. <laughs> uh, the... Uh, and and Marco Djurjevic's pencils and and Danny Mickey's inks were just were stunning. It it was a gorgeous looking book. It was. It Danny was Mickey could make my grandmother look good. I well, Danny Mickey isn't always. Danny Mickey really didn't help Finch too much on Moon Knight, and I don't. Well, I don't know who's at fault there, and I really don't think he and uh, Koi Fam worked well together on the Mighty Avengers. I will say that I'm done buying Thor in single issues. I'm I'm waiting for the the hardcovers on that because I'm not going to... I enjoyed it. I didn't $4 enjoy it. You know, Marty and I were talking about Thor today, oddly enough, with the the solicitation for the cover of the the next collected edition. Copiel draws uh, Thor, as you would expect, one of Nordic descent to yes, work, like with, yes. the, with the the flattened features, like the nose is kind of flattened and he has a very strong jaw. And not to say that Jack didn't draw what one would assume to be a Nordic person, but Jack's Thor was just like a beefy Reed Richards. He had the same facial yeah, features as, okay. as Reed, but Copiel draws him. He, he's, he's in the genes. He knows what the, the distinguishing characteristics of these people of this descent have, and it, it, it just works. The guy's built like a brick shit house, and he's, yep. he's all flattened in the, in the facial area. And the brow is like... Not it's not like a caveman kind of overhang, but it's very strong brow. He's he's got he he just speaks power. You look at him, and it's like this guy could split the the world in half. I love it. The the um, <laughs> on the other side down the street, I'm Are reading. We done talking uh, about Thor? Well, I mean, I I am. Oh, I, I just want to say else one is. thing. I really like the way that JMS used the. Uh, trick that alan moore pulled in miracle man where the alter egos can exist in the same area like in the first couple issues where thor was actually talking to blake yeah yeah that was really neat i yeah. like that very cool yeah they, they, they do work well together i mean it's it's you know thor you you think thor's would be the straight man but he's he's really not especially when he's telling him you know what kind of animals to look out for on his way back to town it was it was yeah it was cool it was it, it had it had more 
high points than than not, and just a few things that, of course, that aren't not too many people other than me would really right. pick at would be very very clever way to humanize a god. Yeah, Boy, the... I'm gonna go back. I'm gonna go backwards here for a second. We were talking about Brian Hurt a little bit ago uh-huh. uh, on uh, on hard time. Uh, I'm flipping through the Queen and Country definitive. Four, and he did the first declassified story in there, the Paul Crocker story. Brian oh. Hurt is a fucking outstanding cartoonist. He really is. Hell yeah. His style is so clean, but he tells such a good story. Um, man. Elegant. Yeah. 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 He's He just has a great line. He's he's a fantastic cartoonist. So, anyway, uh, props, to, props to Brian Hurt. So. I'm actually buying titans and teen titans right now because of this because of this you almost made me choke i know <laughs> honest to god it's it's because of this death trap crossover mm-hmm. no shit you're you're actually because oh, because David. because it's 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 a vision well because vigilante plays a part in it actually i think the, the, the i think the real name of this of, of the title is adrian chase is dead because every fucking issue this dude has to mention adrian i think it's actually adrian chase i, I there's because every time someone says well who's who, you know well the, this vigilante must be adrian chase and he'll turn around and say no adrian chase is dead <laughs> and and it's like every issue you can't escape it he's going to tell somebody he just told everybody on the titans in this in, in one of the issues that no adrian chase is dead and and it's well, he was at say if you describe a gun in the first chapter, it's got to go off by the last chapter. But, yeah. If they, they keep hammering the fact home that Adrian Chase is dead, chances are very good he's not going to be by the time this shit comes <laughs> it's, it's. I mean, he was early on in the series, he was at, uh, he was at the grave site, and, and he's talking to the tombstone. Um, his microchip is working on a, uh, I guess like this, this, it's kind of like face-off, where they're, they're just trying to give him another identity, or, or he's working, there's this, uh, the skin graft type thing he can go through and, and it'll give him, he won't have to be this, this character, this Joe Flynn or, or this, this thug anymore. And, and I, I really do think it's Adrian Chase, but it's, it's, it's crossing over with the Titans books. It's a five part story, I think. So apparently the gist I get from earlier issues of, of the Titans, um, I guess Beast Boy was making moves on Raven and, and she rejected him. Um, Cyborg has seen better days. Uh, Wonder Girl or Troy or whatever she's going by this week. She's, uh, she seems to be the leader of the team that at Nightwing is, is MIA. Wally is on the team because he's not on whatever's left of the Justice League of America anymore. I mean, it was, it was kind of all over the place because they're trying to. I mean, you can tell that there's something, there's a lot going on in the rest of the DC universe with Battle of the Battle for the Cowl and, and the Justice League expanding. And so, and yeah, so you don't really have, um, I think God forbid we use editor's notes, but, but you definitely know <laughs> that there's something going on and it, and they're not going to try to bog it down or explain it to you here. This is, this is just for this little crossover event and they have to stop the vigilante. And, and I just, I don't buy Jericho is this badass. I just don't. I never did. I never could. And and kind of I know hard, it's, yeah. it's 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 in yeah, the blood. Real. It's genetics because you know, daddy's a, daddy's a mercenary. Mom was a hard ass. You know, I mean, Step- she wasn't taking no shit from Slade. Isn't uh, the stepsister or is it a uh, sister? Rose or Ravager or whatever? Yeah. yeah. I mean, so so she's trying to take after daddy. But but Jericho. I mean, even even when you first 
when, when we first met him back in the eighties and, and he's, you know, the poet and, 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 and he's just, he's so, he's so nice and he seems fragile. And, and, and then all of a sudden I, I come back to Titans years later and I'm like, this, this Titans hunt with the wildebeest. And I'm like, what the, f-? I complete, and to this day with DCU decisions and, and, and even now it, this is, and it, and it ties in to that forestry miniseries because the vigilante is after Jericho because of the, uh, of the bombings during the election. Oh. So it all, it's, it's, it's all coming back. So there was, there obviously was a plan. And, and, and so vigilante is after, and, um, Tobias whale, I think is, is, is part of, uh, what's going on with, with, with the vigilante storyline. So it's, it's, it's pretty cool. I mean, I'm enjoying the vigilante side of it. The, the, um, I'm enjoying this crossover because of the vigilante connection. Oh. Um, but but no, I mean it's 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 cool seeing Wally. It's it's cool seeing, you know, the Titans that I remember. You know, minus Dick and uh, and, um, <laughs> and you miss Dick. I do. <laughs> so yours. easy. Far be it from us to um, turn away a nice can. Dick joke, you know. Um, <laughs> but I I'm I'm surprised. I I there's two more parts left. One of the uh, I think. Teen Titans or whatever came out just today at the issue seventy or whatever they're up to. Mm. Um, that's they have interlocking covers, don't they? Yes, really. Yes, I like by uh, I believe by Andrew Robinson. I'll I'll talk about it again once it wraps up. I guess uh, if this is the fourth issue or third part, then uh, then yes, we have two more issues. So yes, I'll 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 finish it out. But I'm uh, I'm more interested in the vigilante thing of it, you know, because Adrian Chase is dead. So we'll see where it goes. Is Churchill still doing the Titans? Art? Oh, who the hell did this? See, I, I, it was one of the books I left downstairs. Fuck. That's okay. I'll have to get back. Yeah. If any, anybody who wants to know, I'll find out. Yeah, we'll post it in the form. Just a line from the British uh, series of The Office. Nothing more. Let's hear that again, shall we? You're a cock. You're a cock. You're a cock. You're a cock. Ah, uh, gotta love freedom of speech. Who's reading Razzle? I, I know that they briefly touched upon it in this week's Around Comics, but I'm digging it so much I want to touch upon it again. It was out at the comic shop today. I was, I was like, okay, that makes my decision for me. I'll just pick it up in the, the, the next oversized beauty trade. Oh, it was sold out? Sold out. Nice. Excellent. Now, Jason, I know, is not reading it because he said he would like to read a series that doesn't take 10 years for the first arc to complete. What was that something that you said? You, you, uh, f- that was a fairer paraphrase of what I said, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but, buddy, I'll tell you, it's, it's really worth it. He, uh, Jeff Smith packs so much story into each issue, it, it's, it's, and it's very deceptive because it's a gradual un. Unflowing of of the storyline is it, very slowly and intricately. He he just lets these little threads out. Uh, do you know what it's about? I've read every issue until this one. Oh, okay. Well, well, let's tell uh, the folks what it's about in case they are interested. The the title character who I get the feeling may or may not be called Robert because I don't think anything is for certain in this book. People call him Robert, but that may be a ruse. Uh, he's a what would you call him? A pan-dimensional thief? Yeah, sure. He's an yeah. art thief. Well, he's, a, he's, uh, yeah, he's an art thief for, that can travel through to different dimensions. Yeah. Right. He he employs this uh, device called a T suit that uses thermodynamic energy to bend space, 
around him, uh, which gives him access to this realm called the Drift. And uh, we learn that Razzle cobbled together this T-suit as a side project while he was working on this Tesla-inspired missile defense shield with a colleague named Miles, who at the time of the second issue is dead, and Miles' ultra-hot wife, Maya, who Razzle just so happens to have his her name tattooed on his arm. And we don't know why. I mean, Smith is just letting this story out in little tiny dribs and drabs, but it, it's completely mesmerizing. Uh, what else? The, the plot involves a Native American pictogram called The Man in the Maze, uh, these vertical-eyed, microchipped, dimension-hopping assassins, uh, some organization called The Compound, which we don't know very much about, a dead prostitute named Annie and her extra-dimensional counterpart, and the thing that really got my blood flowing in issue four there's a link to the Philadelphia experiment and all this. Hmm. So you've got teleportation, magnetism, and if any, it's in any indication what was reported to have happened to the sailors involved in the Philadelphia experiment. Insanity, too. You guys know the story of that, right? Philadelphia oh. experiment, the real world incident involving... They tried... I mean, this is paranormal lore. May have happened, may not have happened. I have read numerous accounts of people that were involved in this and according to them, it actually happened. They were doing experiments in teleportation, and they tried to teleport a battleship and partially succeeded. And the sailors that were on board this battleship, when it rematerialized, some of them were stuck between decks. Mm-hmm. They were trapped within solid steel. The ones that weren't killed were driven insane by the, by the experience. So it, it not, was not a good deal. And um, it may sound like a lot of ground to cover in four issues. I, I find this series ten times as intriguing as Bone. I enjoyed Bone, don't get me wrong, but this has all the earmarks of a classic, wonderfully weird story. I, I can't wait to see where it goes. You guys digging it? As much I, love, as I love Razzle. I, I think yeah. it's, I think it's, it's, yeah, it's you know, trans-dimensional, uh, crazy, parallel universe fun. It's, yeah. It's what's going to happen when he meets himself. <laughs> Who knows? I don't know if yeah. that can happen. It may not be able to. Well, but we'll find Annie, out. he met the uh, another dimension version of the prostitute. But I, th- I think I think he's the only version of him. I think they actually addressed that that he is the only version of him. Mm. I think. I'm pretty Very sure. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah that, you know that, what? I, that's I, what. That's what makes him, I guess, unique. Is that he is. He's the only version of himself. Mm-hmm. And, and they, uh, Smith mentions that Miles is dead. You don't know whether Razzle killed him to get the wife. I mean, their relationship must have progressed past that point where they were sneaking kisses behind the husband's back because he has his na- her name tattooed on his arm. Mm-hmm. There's a whole yeah. lot of, of information that hasn't been presented yet. It's really cool. But the thing I like most about it, and this brings me back to the Bronze Age. Everything leads back to the Bronze Age with me. The way Smith draws Razzle, he's got this weird misshapen quality to him. Like there's times where his head seems really big, and and just just this this strange physique to him. And it reminds me of Mike Plouffe, the way he drew Johnny Blaze wow. back in the day, and uh, Jason from Terror of the Planet on the Planet of the Apes. Remember the Marvel magazine Planet of the Apes. The story that Mike Plug illustrated was a, a mm-hmm. an ongoing serial. Jason and and Mike Plug's characters have this weird misshapen quality to them that that reminds me a lot 
of of the way uh, Jeff Smith draws Razzle. So that could be a, one of the reasons why nostalgia that I'm digging it so much. But I don't know. I don't think so. I, I think Smith's strengths as a as a writer artist is just amazing. The guy's dazzling. Very cool. The dazzling and Razzle. Dazzle Razzle Dazzle. There you all go. I I got it. I'm off You're all over that shit. I am. I'm strong. Since since we're all backtracking a little bit, uh, the reason I did bring up Vigilante to begin with cool. was because normally the first four issues have been drawn by have been penciled by Rick Leonardi. You know who did the fifth issue? Oh, I don't know. Old Starman and Spider Man penciler Tom Lyle. Get going. No lie. I couldn't believe it when I saw that. Wow. Is Doesn't it, look like he missed a beat either. So what is that, like 15 years? He hasn't... He, he, he worked on like what, the, like the Venom Lethal Protector miniseries? Like most of the Venom miniseries, I think he did the art on. Yeah, very close to what Bagley did too. I mean, he's a chameleon. Yeah. He, can, he can work in a lot of styles. And and the um, the Titans issue was, uh, was, was penciled by someone who I've never heard of, Angel uh, Unzueta, an ink by Wayne Foucher. But uh, yeah, a lot of... Artist that I'm not familiar with, and one that uh, takes me back. So that's that's oh, where yeah. I was going with the whole thing to begin with. You brought it home. I did. Very I tried. Good. Hey Dan, it's Sam calling. Um, Christoph and I uh, just dropped the car off, and we're not 100 percent sure where to meet you. Um, what we'll do if you get this message is we will go outside where the arrivals are, outside the baggage claim area, and uh, also where. People would ordinarily hire their cars, I think. There's a bit of some cars coming in and out and dropping people off and picking people up. So um, we'll see you out there. Hopefully you're just circling around. Okay. See you soon. Bye. I also read the, the first five issues of The Stand, The Captain Trips. Oh, yeah. I don't know. That's timely. We want, do we want to get into that right now? Oh, yeah, we do. <laughs> Finally something I'm reading. It's uh, like, hey, hey, you, you got, you got, I'm part two, of the show you got two and a half hours of X books last week. Two and a half, <laughs> two and a half, half hours. hours. Hilarious. Yeah. Like it just felt like. Oh, that's yeah. funny. So Captain Trips is cat. What did I think? Oh, uh, by far the best Stephen King adaptation to date. I agree. By by far, and I love what they're doing with the Gunslinger. Mm-hmm. The, Dark, the Dark Tower, those books sure. are yeah. phenomenal. But there's something about Mike Perkins's art oh, in, I know. The, in, in awesome. the stand. It, it's awesome, right? But because he doesn't have those stylistic flourishes like Jay Lee on on the the Dark Tower, it makes it more real. Yeah, it, it, it grounds it in like a. It could happen. Uh, I could look out my window and see the images that Mike Perkins is drawing in this book, and it scares the shit out of me. This is a career maker for Perkins, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, he's going to be on it for three years, and I'm with you. I mean, I, I, I think The Stand is, I mean, just my opinion, but I think it's 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 Stephen King's best work. And, yep, and I've read, I think I've read everything he's ever written. At least I've read most of everything he's ever written. But yeah, this has been terrific. And I was a little curious as to what they were going to do in terms of putting it out in miniseries. You know, I was wondering if how they were going to divide it up relative to the book. But so far, I think, you know, I mean, for as dense a book as that is, the issues that have come out have done a really nice job of hitting on the, the key elements. And Oh, yeah. Oh, and fleshing, fleshing out the book a hell of a lot more than the stand miniseries that was uh, the television miniseries. 
Which I, I they, still think was good. Oh, it was it was very good, but they omitted huge chunks. Like um, they didn't even touch on the pregnancy. That was right. Right. totally written out of the of the of the the story and the 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 whole conflict with the mother. I mean, all we saw the, the, the TV miniseries. Yeah, all we no, saw with no, with Lori, was, what's her name, Lori, the um, the pretty in pink character, Molly Ringwald. Uh, yeah. Ron, Molly, yeah, what what character was the name she played? Um, the, the 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 girl that everyone's supposed to identify with. You're supposed to fall in love with her the first time she's introduced. The 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 female uh, yeah, lead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was she uh, had that conflict with her mother because she got pregnant and the father? The only thing we saw in the TV miniseries was her relationship with her father, and then she buried him and went on the road with Stu Redman after that. Yeah, yeah. A- Abby Abigail. Abby Abigail. Right, right, right. Sorry, but, but um, the one image from the first five issues that really floored me no 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 franny dude franny 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 okay abigail was the with the was the old black lady in uh what state was that mother abigail right mother abigail we haven't met in the comics right right but the the moment that they opened the door of the car oh yeah oh my that was grotesque with the mother and the baby and the snot and the mucuses oh good god i can't get that image out of my head (laughs) It floored me, and and props to Mike Perkins and and Laura Martin. Good God! I think I think he's having a lot of fun uh, doing the series. He um, um, got a chance to to meet him last year at Wizard World Chicago, and he was mm-hmm. really excited about it. It's something that you know. I, I think he he said that uh, it's something that for I forget how many issues it's going to be like thirty two or something like that. That something that's three years, basically, of him being able to work on a comic, something that he's going to be able to artistically call his own by by the by the time it's it's done and over with. And he's, yeah. you could tell he's he's really enjoying it. Yeah. It's the, all so the back timely. matter, all the oh, back dude. matter in those books. You see his pencil pages; and they are mm-hmm. fucking gorgeous, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That that's the thing with the uh, Dark Tower books. You get uh, a ton of text back matter. Mm-hmm. Fleshing out the the Roland's world, but in the stand you get production back matter, uh, the uh, the actual way they produce the issues, and I think one complements the other very nicely. I I don't think I would want all that text with the stand. I want to see how they did it, but Roland's world is much more diverse than the world of the stand. I mean, there's there's the mythology of it is crazy. <laughs> so you know that I could see why they did that. With Robin first and all that stuff, I see why they did that. But I think the stand is a winner. It really is, and it brings it all back to what what we usually talk about: how licensed characters have been a joke in in the comic book industry for a long time, and it, only recently that they seem to have turned a corner. And now licensed characters are are good again. The Stephen King properties have been mishandled yep. for decades, <laughs> and, but and now it just seems like everyone is 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 a winner. Um, and and props to Marvel. Yeah, yeah, I mean, there's been some misfires on King stuff on TV and movies, but some of it's translated. most of it. Um, uh, yeah. Um, Aside from the initial couple of movies, Carrie, um, Cujo was was decent. Stephen King has had a lot of bad movies. Uh, uh, I like Pet, Pet Cemetery. Um. Right, Pet Cemetery is good, 
But um, come on, maximum overdrive. We always. I was going to say, what, come on, bring on the ACDC, <laughs> baby. Maximum overdrive. Oh, it's Got the just Green horrible. Goblin. Yeah, there you go. Salem's Lot. Sa- yeah, well, Salem's Lot was cool for a TV miniseries, but couldn't really go where it should have went. But I- I'm just talking like uh, Firestarter. My God. <laughs> Derek, uh, stand, stand by me. Oh, <laughs> yeah, no, the Running Man. But it was recently like Apt Pupil was really good. Okay. And and uh, Misery was, was good. The Thinner Green was Mile horrible. Was excellent. Right, right. So I mean, like I said, a lot of ups and downs in the Green Stephen Mile. King. Green Mile. Yeah, yep. Green Mile. But um, as far as comics go, Marvel is knocking it out of the park with these. They're would, worth three ninety nine. Would love to see um, a movie of The Long Walk. If you guys have ever read that, it's one mm-hmm. of the Bachman books. The Talisman. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, what are you talking about? The the, the TV uh, miniseries for uh, the Langoliers was awesome, with the the guy from uh, from Perfect Strangers. Oh yeah, yeah, that was pretty good, <laughs> right? And uh, Storm of the Century was pretty good too. Um, uh, 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 the Fog it, is that a, is that a Stephen King? No, uh, no. no. Uh, it That's was another missed. TV movie. Uh, uh, yeah, ups and downs uh, on the yeah. yeah. Needful spiders sucked. You know, I uh, actually thought the TV remake of The Shining was the one that was more accurate to the book was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the, come on, The Shining was definitely the best Stephen King movie. Yeah, yeah. You, you're not going to top Jack Nicholson and Stanley Kubrick. <laughs> Scatman, not Prince. possible. Yep, Scatman, love him almost as much as Grady. From uh, <laughs> Sanford and Son. <laughs> but anyway, who's your favorite character in the stand, by the way? Uh, oh, wow. Um, Trash Man. Um. <laughs> Bumity Bum. A.K.A. Um, Max Headroom. Yeah, <laughs> really. Yeah. Uh, oh, My God. favorite is Stu Redman. He's the good guy. He is the good guy. Stu's um, an obvious choice, though. Tom, yeah. M-O-N, M-O-N, that's Mel's 11 o'clock comics. <laughs> nice. He hasn't uh, been, he hasn't been uh, introduced yet, has he? No. No. Nick. No, no, Nick's yet. cool. Yeah. And and Larry's all right to a point. Larry Underwood, he's okay. Yeah. It's all good yeah. stuff. Yeah. Absolutely. Ensemble. But if if anyone has not read the stand and is maybe courting with the idea of of reading the comic, if you have any trepidation of what's going on in the real world right now, do not. Yeah, that's true. Read, read the stand. Stay away. <laughs> I was going to yeah. say it's the stand or uh, World War Z. Just kind of stay away from the you know quick spreading <laughs> virus uh, end of true. world stuff. So yeah, yeah it's uh, um, it a little unless you got stuff. unless you live by Ronnie Deutsch, then if, if you do, then you're okay. <laughs> who is Ronnie Deutsch? <laughs> you don't know who Ronnie Deutsch is? No, no idea. Hey, she's a lawyer. She'll she'll settle your uh, tax. your legal your legal bills. Your, oh, is this is this a problem. is this a Pennsylvania thing? No, well, she might a, be East Coast because we used to see the commercials in here in New York a lot. Yeah, she's good. She can get blood from a stone, man. Ronnie Deutsch, she's the best. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's neither here nor there. Hi, hope this is the right number. This is Andrew, uh, Pist of Conchu on the boards. Just thought I'd give you guys a call all the way from down under. Just to say hey, tell you guys I love the show. Do have a couple of bones to pick with you guys, though, because you recommend too many good comics, which is costing me too much money. And you keep bagging Moon Knight, but I'll let it slide because you guys are the best. Um, yeah, keep up the good work, guys. Thanks. 
the Oh, I know what I wanted to ask you guys. Uh-huh. Have any have any of you read the Project Superpower series? I read the zero issue and the first issue, and it just didn't grab me, so I stopped getting it. Interesting, because I I invested in the Masquerade series only because it looks awesome, but it's written by Phil Hester. I had no idea he was doing stuff for Dynamite. And uh, everywhere. And he's good at what he does, too, so it's a good mm-hmm. thing. But uh, as far as art goes, um, I don't... Let's see who drew it. I, I wasn't familiar with this person's art until this. It's drawn by um, Carlos Paul with uh, Gene Diaz. Really striking art. Very, very uh, almost painterly, hmm. uh, in effect. Yeah, it's nice. And the thing, another thing that really grabbed me was it's really dialogue-heavy. It's like a Silver Age book. There are dialogue balloons all over the place. So I took a chance. I don't know. And I thought maybe if you guys had read the, the superpower stuff, maybe I'll invest in that. But I've heard a lot. Of, some people love it. I just, uh, it, it didn't, huh, it seemed a little dry to me. It, it just seemed hmm. like it was a book I, I thought meant you to would look definitely. at than to enjoy the characters. But to be fair. Is, isn't, it, isn't Joe Casey writing one of them? I don't know. I, I mean, I the ones I read were the uh, were were the Alex Ross and um, uh, what's his name, uh, his frequent partner uh, Kruger. Yeah, Kruger. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah. Th- they were writing it, th- but th- it's interesting because when that was coming out, it was getting a lot of hype. And uh, oddly enough, that was right when the Twelve was coming out as well. Fucking yeah. Um, hey. <laughs> but at the time, well, but at, I was yeah, going to say yeah. at the time, the Twelve was so interesting. And I was enjoying it so much. And thematically, they were very similar, which is taking public domain yeah. uh, characters from back in the day and and revitalizing them. So um, I was. Re- they both came out at roughly the same time, and I remember reading them both and thinking, "Wow, the twelve is really good. I'm really digging it." And comparatively to the Project Superpowers, I was lukewarm to liking it versus loving it. So at the time, it just seemed like a very easy decision to not keep going with that and stick with the 12. And now, don't I feel like an asshole because the 12 is never going to be finished and Project Superpowers is on to its second series. What, so. what is going? What happened with that, with the 12? I've, I've missed something. Apparently, there was... A- JMS, of course, we know Hollywood was calling and he's, he's, he's getting ready to work on the Red Circle properties for DC. But apparently, Chris Weston has also been doing some work for Hollywood. So Vince found a link this morning, and uh, it does appear that... Where was the link to? I forget. I don't even know. <laughs> I didn't click it. I just noticed it no, was on I our forum. It's, it's well, I, I, I had heard on iFanboy that, that this was not going to be finished. As well. From what yeah, I understand, well, I, I guess I guess Casada said that it was on indefinite hiatus, but the link that Vince found somewhere in in the rest of the interview. JMS says that uh, he and Weston's schedule now seems to be at a place where they can continue it. I mean, it's it's two thirds done. There's, there's four issues left, and and it still it still sucks. Regardless, I'm not trying to say, oh, well, at least we have all that. But for yeah, I was going to say, is, saying, this, is this is this a writer issue with the, JMS finishing up the last four scripts, or is it the is it a matter of the the artist not being able to to you know, have the four months left to, to finish the last four issues, which I can't I can't imagine that they wouldn't have had at least the next one in the can or close to being in the can. The last issue we have is covered dated December 08. 
So where is it gonna happen? Is it not gonna happen? I Do I, I still to... think it is, but I'm I'm optimist, so I don't I don't know. So, You're an optimist? You know, it, <laughs> is it, that it, what you it, just it, said? You did say it. He said it. I give I, I give him all the benefit of the doubt, and I'm an optimist. Yeah. Yes, that's I what I said. But I'm just Jones. And you. I know. And in the latest Marvel previews, they officially canceled the issues that were already pre-ordered but late. So usually, when that happens, it's at least going to be a long time before they because they're going to have to resolicit it. So I mean, we're talking at least six eight months before we might see an end to it and that's that's optimistic so i'm not holding my breath but they're gonna give give us any more reason to not buy monthly comics or not buy limited series and you know for image i can maybe understand that maybe even dark horse i can understand that but marvel to to have a a 12-issue limited series that was critically acclaimed, getting great pub, was a quality series, and say, ah, you know what? Oh, all you people that uh, that bought the uh, uh, the premiere hardcover on that or bought all the single issues, yeah, sorry, but uh, fuck you. Um, that well, it, ha- you know, it happens, though. <laughs> Tom Fowler had a really funny thing on our forum today, though, because he was talking about it from the artist standpoint, and then he said... <laughs> Hey, that's okay. Instead of buying that, just go ahead and buy Mysteriously Unfathomable. Yeah, it'll there be on the go. shelf. That's right. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, but, uh, Wood, just for your information, Joe Casey is writing The Death Defying Devil. Okay. I guess, I guess it's a four-issue series. Alex Ross and Joe Casey did the plot. Scripts by Joe Casey. Interior art by Edgar Salazar. And uh, art direction and cover by Mr. Alex Ross. So, I don't know. Maybe if you enjoyed The Twelve and want to continue down that golden age road, maybe you should take another dip into the Project Superpowers universe. Ah, this masquerade looks really sweet. I don't know. They may may not finish it, so I'm going to wait until the series concludes. What, the the Project Superpowers. When I'm talking, the, I'm no, just, they're all four. I'm just four from issues. now on. I'm just going to wait for every series to conclude before I start buying it. And then you won't be able to get it. You'll be paying back issue prices for it. That's it's safer that way. Well, somebody tried to make this out to be a conspiracy and saying uh, on the forums and said, "Well, Dude, probably not being finished because JMS is fighting with Casada." But I don't buy that because JMS is still doing Thor. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. so. I mean, the yeah. thing I don't understand is even contractually, if he's able to work for DC and do the Red Circle characters, in in in, in terms of morals, like what's morally right, he started something at Marvel with this twelve, finished it. Well, it, you know, it, it may not, it, it may be more of an artist, uh, may have, um, it may be more of a deal with Weston, and they yeah. may have decided that instead of bringing in. Uh, another artist to do the last four issues that they would just wait until they could come back and it, finish that could it off. Be true too, because honestly, talking. if it was a matter of them saying, "Well, you know, JMS doesn't have time, Weston doesn't have time," you know, and I would rather see someone else come in and finish it up, write it, and draw it, and go yeah. off maybe the plot that had been lined out, and at least finish the story instead of just letting it hang out there forever. But it, I would guess that they're just waiting for a time whenever they can come back and finish it right. So mm-hmm. 20 years ago, I mean, this would not even have been an issue. They would have just pulled somebody else from the bullpen and finished it. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's right. not 20 years ago, so. I, I mean, yeah. as we see with the Ultimate Hulk versus Wolverine, they'll, they'll fucking put something on ice for half a decade and then come back and finish it up. So True. Never say never in comics. 
Who's reading Agents of Atlas? Oh, of course. Buying the, buying the hardcover when it comes out. I'm going to wait for the series to conclude, and then I'm going to buy it <laughs> in its entirety. <laughs> Very nice. No, it's uh, awesome. I, I looked at uh, a couple issues at the shop, and I am unable to resist Gabriel Hardman's art. That's what I'm getting at, man. He, I, I, I can't say no to that. Issue number three, the first two issues sort of had a backup little flashback story. This one has the flashback story that, that takes up as many pages. They're basically no, just the, uh, just the first issue had the backup with the Wolverine appearance. Oh, number two appearance. wasn't like that. Two, number two, two, two and three had the uh, – this is the third issue, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, two and, two and three have this flashback to the 50, 1958 throughout okay. the issue. I didn't, okay, I, I guess I forgot what two was like that. But uh, yeah, but so in this third one um, – Hardman does the flashback stuff as he did in the in the number two. I just didn't, didn't think it was as many pages, but yeah, either way, dude, his stuff is ridiculously beautiful. It is. Yeah, it's crazily <laughs> nice. I mean, it, between that and the commission he posted in our forums um, of uh, Cable versus Apocalypse, can't get enough of the man right now. But uh, yeah, but Agents of Atlas is such a fun series. It's so smartly written. It's it's interesting characters. Um, I, I, I don't, I haven't looked at what the numbers are, are on it cause I don't want to be depressed, but I hope people are buying and enjoying this book because, you know, I know they say it's hard for the big two to launch books with new characters in them. And, uh, and I just, I, I hope this book sticks and I, you know, obviously there's a, uh, there is an appearance of a, of a pretty major character in, in, uh, in the third issue. Um, Wolverine? No, no, no. <laughs> I guess I'm not giving any spoilers away because he's on the cover. Cap, Cap's in the in the third issue. Oh, really? Yeah. So, uh, flashback man. Cap or current current Cap? <laughs> Bucky Cap. Bucky oh, Cap. Bucky Cap. Yeah, Bucky Cap. But uh, David, are you are you loving the series too? I really am. I um, it is actually. Well, no, you know I'm I'm loving this series because know, Derek. But, um, but he, I know. Let's, 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 I'm, I'm just. Let I know. All right, <laughs> I, I hear you. Oh, uh, let's try again. Hey, David, are you just, liking the series too? <laughs> I am loving this. I love it more than uh, Secret Warriors. But I, I am loving this series. It's uh, you're right about the. I mean, Jeff Parker. I don't see him doing any wrong by my eyes anyway. But uh, yeah, I. I you know the characters. You're right that not everybody's going to be too familiar with, and they're um, they're getting them situated in the uh, in the current Marvel U, which could be good for some, bad for others, depending on how they want to look at it. But it's um, the whole team. I mean, I Gorilla Man is is great, but I I love Bob. Uh, I especially love Bob in the flashbacks where he can't hold his liquor. Um, <laughs> it's I I need to find out in the fourth issue. You know where this flashback and this current story, where 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 they meet, like like why is this story from 1958 so important to what's going on now? And and it's uh, it, it might be obvious, it might be well, you know, it's right there in front of you. But but just going for the ride is is well worth it. It's it's a lot of fun. This is a great book. And uh, in case you were wondering, the forthcoming hardcover in this month's previews contains Agents of Atlas one to five, Wolverine Agent of Atlas. Giant Size Marvel Adventures, Avengers, and material from Secret Invasion, Who Do You Trust, and Dark Reign, New Nation. It's 184 pages, twenty four ninety nine. And how brilliant is it that you get one of the best good girl artists in the business, one of, I would say, the top two good girl artists, and feature them on the cover in a upward perspective <laughs> that, 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 that accentuates... Na- Namora and what's her name? Venus. 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 Yeah. Their their uh, their uh, features. Let's just say that. 
I think Art Adams, it's just brilliant cover. It's beautiful. Art Adams, Gabriel Hardman, Clayton Henry, right? Kate Clayton Henry did so, and uh, Carlo Pagulan. Well, he did the first two issues, Pagulian, and the uh, the third Pagulian. issue is is uh, is that them by Carlo also? Because I think uh, the third issue is is, uh, is Hardman and Clay- Clayton Henry. Okay, so yeah, so there you go, friends. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, yeah beautiful man. stuff. Yeah. It, it will be mine. <laughs> God damn. And I would love to be a fly on the wall watching Gabriel Hardman at work because he has that unbelievably controlled, gritty line. I, I would love to know how to do that. He, he must have a, a brush or uh, some kind of instrument that is worn to the point where it gives him the line that he wants. Mm-hmm. It, it's just gorgeous. I love it to death. <laughs> He's a man. So that doesn't get us a free sketch. Nothing will. <laughs> <laughs> Always working. Always working. Yeah. <laughs> hey guys, it's Blaze Fire Thirty Three calling in from Orlando, Florida. Sunny and eighty-five degrees today. Gotta love it. This week, I'm here to promote a certain Mark with a mouse who's now getting a really big push from Marvel by getting a new ongoing series called Deadpool Merc with a Mouse. Now, if you're not a Deadpool fan, I probably don't expect you to go and pick up another title of his, but for guys like me who just can't get enough of the guy, I'm going to go for it, although the three ninety nine price tag is a big turnoff. But, hey, it's the DP. In other news, if you're still not reading Mysterious the Unfathomable, what the hell's wrong with you? This book is great. It gets promoted every week by Vince. Come on, people. Get with the picture. Past that, I got nothing else to say. Peace, love, Soul Train. I'm all caught up on Jack Fables, uh, just about. Or I bought I bought the last trade today, so I've read four volumes of Jack of Fables in the last week and a half. That's a lot of reading. It's yeah, but a lot of fun. I am not caught up on Jack of Fables, but I uh, I am looking forward to getting caught up so that I can read the uh, Great Fables crossover and uh, enjoy that for what it is. Well, I'm just about there with Jack, but I've got I'm about 20 issues behind in Fables, so I mm-hmm. need to catch up on the on the main series. But uh, no, Jack of Fables is it's uh, uh, it's one that now I'm caught up in trade. I may have to start picking up in single issues because it's it's just it's it's a it's a fun book. You know, talking about mm-hmm. you know Doom, talking about uh, Wikipedia. Jack of Fables is a book that that makes me makes me kind of snicker and uh, i usually set it down and uh I, I almost feel guilty about how how humorous it is because he is mm-hmm. he is a pig <laughs> oh definitely such, yeah, yeah. He mm-hmm. such a pig. he's a vince b of the fables world uh, i just i just got to the uh, <laughs> uh i don't think there's too bad of a spoiler but uh, uh you, you guys will know what i'm talking about i just got to the trifecta part of the of the series where he scored the trifecta so, Wood, do you have any idea what I'm talking about? No. No? Enlighten. He bagged his third-page sister. Oh, cool, cool, cool. No, I, yeah, okay, no, I, I haven't gotten that far, but that's that's cool. Yeah, yeah, nice. he scores the trifecta. So. That's sweet. Yeah. And you can't go wrong with Brian Boland on the covers. Oh, no, you man. can't. And you know what, Wood, you're, you're, you're absolutely right. I was thinking about something that you said uh, a couple episodes back, that it's going to be really tough to compete with James Jean. As far as the Fables covers, mm-hmm. this dude, how do you pronounce his name? Joe Ruiz? Sounds good or, to me. Or, I haven't seen it. I haven't heard it pronounced. So. 
these Fables covers are smoking. Crazy good, right? He's yeah. really good, this guy, yeah. He's got his own and I mean, I, Exactly, and it's it's in the same kind of style as James Jean to a, mm-hmm. a point, but it's it's different where it's not... You, you'd never mistake the two, is, sure. is what I'm trying to say. It's, it's Yeah, it's nice, really smoking stuff. But I, I'm, I have a little bit of a problem this time. Uh, this order form contains the deluxe edition of Fables Volume One. I know. What do What do I do? What do you? I, I have I have the first ten issues, but you can get the first ten issues in a hardcover for twenty nine ninety nine. I know fifteen bucks at DCBS. Yeah, that's going to be. Well, awesome. they're, they're starting to release the entire series. In yeah, I I have yeah. all the trades, so it's 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 hard. I've there's no hard. justification for me buying them other than I want them. But I, I are think they are they oversized. Oh jeez, I just closed the page. Let's see. No. Doopy doop. Um I think it's the same format as the Why the Last Man. Uh seven point say one by ten. No, it's regular no, size. It's regular. Oh, okay. No, it's two hundred and sixty four pages. If they were oversized, I'd be all over that, but nah, I'm not gonna I got I got oh, you, I got them in trade. That's fine. Do you think someday they'll do an absolute fables then? Nah. No? Mm-hmm. Uh uh. Oh, no, they never. Oh, did if they fucking order. release Superman for tomorrow today oh, in absolute, Potty so wow, that's enough. Here's yeah. David, always looking on the bright side. Ever the optimist? He's all. <laughs> I, I, oh, I'm optimistic <laughs> that that's shit. <laughs> Very nice. I think if they do anything, they'll do like the Starman omnibus. I think that's kind of what they're looking to do with some of the longer series like that. Mm-hmm. And there's another new Vertigo series this time around, Peter Milligan. Yeah, uh, I know. Greek, wow. Greek Street. Greek Street looks raw. Yeah, it really does. But since nobody can see it, and this is something we toyed around with on the Twitter <laughs> today, we, we were talking about maybe releasing PDFs with each episode where uh, we would showcase some art by, some, by the uh, creative teams of the books we talk about during the episode. But I'm thinking that's a lot of work. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say you going to do that or? Well, <laughs> well ob- yeah, obviously, yeah. I mean, if anybody wants to volunteer, hell yeah, come on. Pay is but, great. Uh, it just it would be a, a, a neat little um, added value to the episode where you can actually see the stuff we're talking about. And uh, Scott Cedarland and I were, among other people, were batting it back and forth. It's a, it's a, it's a very good idea, but logistically, and in, in, I don't know if it's possible, especially with a weekly podcast and and with with all the. We don't concentrate on anything other than comics. So it's not right, like, yeah. you know, if, if if you all of a sudden start talking about Comics Reader or I start talking about Amazing Heroes and Wood talks about yeah. G.I. Joe Origins and then and then Chris comes back with, with another thing from Alien Legion, it's like we're just all over the place trying to find I something. Don't, I don't and, see how, how Vince keeps it all in the show notes. I'm like, oh, shit, we did talk about that. Dude, I write it down as we go along. The Yingling Notebook lives. Yes. My uh, uh, Wet Rats provided Yingling Notebook. It's still uh, cooking. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Um, oh, I was going to add something else to, to the show notes. I get a little project I'm getting ready to start in the middle of May. Oh, snap. If you guys oh, have, yes. I know what this is about. Saw that. About issue 50-ish or so of 100 Bullets, I decided that I was going to read it whenever it came out uh, mm-hmm. in its entirety. Um, and they, it's done, so all 100 issues are out. See, that's my new thing. Wait for it to complete, and then I'll go back and read it. <laughs> um, but no, uh, I'm starting a little thing over at uh, over at AC, and any uh, maybe we'll um, uh, co-op it at, at Bullpen Bulletin's um, podcast. Oh, after that, well, no, um, I don't think so. Um, 
Uh, the, that's still, the, the forum is still bullpen bulletin. Oh, I get you. I get you. Uh, yeah. The forum, not the... Um, we're gonna, I'm going to do 100 bullets in 100 days. Nice. Wow, nice. really? Yep. yep. Uh, huh. 100 days of 100 bullets. Going to read one issue a day, and we've got a little discussion group. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to take about... Which is about, what, three and a half months or so? So yeah, I, figure, I like that idea. Yeah, I do too. One, one, one issue of a hundred bullets every every day, and have a little discussion on it, and and, and read the whole series that way. I, I have every single issue, and I have uh, I have got issue one and issue fifty signed by Azarillo. So maybe at uh, Wizard Chicago, I'll get him to sign seventy five and a hundred. That's awesome. Nice. I just reread the first trade. Are you are you gonna are you gonna you gonna play along with this starting May fifteenth? Why not? Yeah, sure. I as you guys may recall, I read the first trade a long time ago. Never came back to it, but uh, decided uh, now that it's over to give it another try. Especially since in the last few years my tastes have broadened, and I have to say it was freaking bad ice. Yeah, I, I think there, there's a couple. There's Couple characters I think you will like as the series goes on. I think you'll really like Loop and, and um, Lono. <laughs> yeah, it's it's hard not to like Lono. He's just a fucking maniac. But um, yeah, I, I think you'll like those two characters, especially whenever they're um, uh, those two characters that start uh, separately, and then there's mm-hmm. a point in the series where they kind of uh, their stories converge so i'm really looking forward to reading rereading what i had read and then finishing up the series so i mean it's it's i think it's one that 15 20 years from now people will look back and that will be a series that that will stand the test of time it's going to be one of those you know yeah that was that was a great series that uh um, that people will talk about for a long time i'm in you convinced me Cool. Let's do it. I lost track of that series around issue forty. Yeah, you're like me. Yeah, stop buying it. Yeah, it's like I need a freaking spreadsheet to keep all these people straight. It got so so complicated, but complicated not in a I don't know. It's just you need to sit down and and read it in a. There's a lot going on, so I figure an issue mm-hmm. a day for for three and a half months will will be a nice way to do it. That's a very noble effort. <laughs> we should do something at, at, at our uh, forum for, say, Love and Rockets. Push some good comics that don't get enough love. Never yeah. read it. Oh, buddy. Really? Um, where Where do I start? <laughs> um, Pal- the beginning. Palomar. <laughs> oh, you just you are on tonight, buddy. No, I am okay. so not. <laughs> <laughs> but thanks for pointing that out. Appreciate it. <laughs> Zing. Yowza. Guys, please stop playing these fucking assholes with their hillbilly and celebrity imitations. They're not funny. They're they're just bad. Not not like good, bad, funny. They're just they're just assholes. And stop encouraging encouraging them. They're they're oh they're horrible. And you know the stupid British guy or the you know angry drunken black guy. I can tolerate those guys, and I like the I like I like those guys, but I, I think they play it up a little bit. But I think they are stupid and drunk and everything, so I give them a little bit of a break. But those other guys, please stop. I I don't know if I can listen to them. They're they're just assholes. Please, please. Hey Vince, um, this is a guy who called the other day, calling everybody assholes who try you know does imitations and stuff. 
and I feel a little bad, um, but I, I think the message was sincere. Um, you know, you don't. Have, I guess, and then you don't have to play this stuff for the air. Um, my name's Kevin, by the way. It's just, it just seems like you put anything anybody calls up, and just I don't know. I guess, and it's just my opinion, but just some of them are just annoyingly bad. And you know, you guys are good enough that you, you don't need to fill it up with bad phone calls. You know. Uh, I guess that's it. And uh, another one, just kind of, uh, just my opinion, and I don't know if it matters, but it seems like uh, the guy who had 11, or no, the comic shots, probably, you know, tried to put this show together to mix alcohol and comics. And honestly, I, I, I mean, it's just me, but I really fast forward past the first 10 minutes till the, you know, the roll call is done. So I don't know if you guys speed that up, but what I would think would be better is, and I don't know if you guys could do, you guys could do it on your schedule. So yeah, you guys can drink, but one of you at least, you know, each week one of you drinks too much and see what happens. <laughs> I think that would be better. But again, I'm I'm nobody important. But but my passion is sincere. And but I like you guys. You're good though. All right. Bye. My DCBS order. For today was like ungodly. You place your the blazing. No, I keep track of what's coming out, and you know, in our on our forum we have this weekly "What did you buy? What did you read?" thread that David is is so kind to put up, and I note what I or what I'm getting for the week, and the stuff that I have coming from DCBS was twenty twenty five things. Yeah, it's a lot. It was a huge week for the week or for two weeks or how long? How no for the week. Wow, that is a lot, yeah. And that's right. You never participate in that, that thread, do you? No. Well, I don't because I get my stuff every every other week, and it depresses me when everyone gets all excited every Wednesday, and I'm not getting anything. So. Oh, you're jealous. Mm-hmm. Muy celoso. Yeah. <laughs> Talk some X-books. Let's get, Chris and, Chris let's and get and I are lubricated. On the <laughs> Chris, Chris and I are on the same wavelength lately because uh, not only did I just start reading 100 Bullets, but I... Um, just read the first sheet of something he talked about a week or two ago, which was Tom Strong. I oh, bought the delicious. first Tom Strong trade uh, at uh, oh the Wild Pig sale, and um, I had the first Tom Strong I read was that I talked about it a couple months ago when it came out that America's Best uh, Sampler that DC huh? put out uh, a couple mm-hmm. months ago, which was like the first issue of uh, Promethea and Tom Strong and uh, a bunch of other uh, ABC uh, books just kind of a sampler and I loved the Tom Strong issue so bought the trade and god damn was that good first Isn't of all fun? Chris Sprouse <laughs> is I love his art um, oh, yeah, I don't she, know what else yeah. he's done but I love that stuff um, but the other guys that are in it too are just fantastic not not the least of which is as a, uh, a an arc by Art Adams um, I mean when Art Adams is drawing uh, busty Nazi babes uh, you can't really go wrong with that so oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just a lot of fun series. Again, and it's as we say every time we talk about Alan Moore, just so well written. Um, you know, it, it's just it, every every page is so smartly written. But uh, just a super fun pulpy adventure book. I, I mean, I don't know if you guys read Tom Strong. I assume you all have, but uh, but yeah. I, I I can't wait to finish it up. Now, how long did it run? I mean, how much more story do I have of that? Did it go for? Because I know ABC so, didn't last all that long, right? It's like six. Six trades? Oh, there is that many. Okay. Yeah, I would say what, like thirty issues for Tom Strong. And does Sprouse yeah. do most of the of the run, or 
pretty much most of them, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, then you get into what uh, tomorrow stories, right? Mm-hmm. Which Perfect I, I, tales. Uh, I, I heard that one of them was okay, not great. Um, was it? Was it tomorrow stories? The um, the terrific tales was young Tom Strong, um, Johnny Future. Mm-hmm. What else? Jeez. Uh, but the the Johnny Future stories in Terrific Tales were drawn by Art Adams. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Those no, that those are pretty cool. But it was oh the, my god. Yeah. Have you ever read the one where she's on the planet with the hallucinogenic? No, I don't, I don't. Oh, good I got the, I got god! The, I got the first hardcover of those. I'm actually trying to find it here. But uh, no, Tom the, Tom the, Strong is great. It's, yeah, I mean, for, for those people who don't know, uh, Tom was basically what raised in. Um, I guess his dad was sort of a mad, I don't know, mad scientist is the word, but he, he they a raised... job. What's that? He's a whack job. Yeah, but they raised Tom in a super gravity chamber so that he would uh, grow up with much, much... He's much, much stronger and durable than the average human because he grew up on a much heavier gravity uh, thing. And, of course, they he fed him with tons and tons of... of uh, information and schooling so he's like a super he's basically uh, he's, a superhuman uh, without powers right he's 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 super smart doc extremely savage. strong yeah i was just gonna say that doc savage yeah yeah, okay. yeah. He's, a, he's, uh, a, he's a he's a he's a he's a 1940s 50s pulp hero yep yep mm-hmm. and he's an adventurer and uh the, the book you're kind of introduced to him and then he uh he, he grows up in an african Island. Uh, well, it's isn't it Afri- it, it's an island off the coast of Africa, right? I think so. But mm-hmm. um, it's a it's a lot like the Agents of Atlas setup. Yeah, yeah. He lives in a, a volcano, and he there's an intelligent gorilla. There is an yeah. intelligent gorilla. There is a robotic robot. There is a uh, he marries a, a pretty hot uh, chick, a Nubian a, goddess. Yeah, she is a Nubian princess, uh, and they have a daughter who is also part of the team. And it's just adventures from there. I mean, in the in the first trade, let's see, he fights a, he goes back in time and fights basically sentient ectoplasm. He fights <laughs> Nazi. He fights Nazi babes. He fights his arch nemesis. You know, who's kind of like a Professor Moriarty. He fought, what else am I forgetting? Um, there's a like a World War II biplane fight. There's some other. I'm I'm forgetting one or something. Uh, but, uh, the the great thing to keep in mind with Tom Strong and what I love about the series is that it is it's basically nineteen forties, nineteen fifties pulp, but it's it's set in modern time. Not two thousand one, I think is what it, it, it is technically. But it's mm-hmm. what the vision of two thousand one was in the nineteen fifties. So as people right. as people imagine what what the year 2000 would be like that's 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 the world that Alan Moore has created so it's kind of like, like it uh, is now but you have like hover ships and and yeah. and crazy like 1950s futuristic uh sure. contraptions and stuff which i think is just a brilliant fucking idea to to set a world in i i just i love the cities that that he created in there and you're right man chris sprouse draws the shit out of that book i'll say i was gonna say uh a bit like fritz lang's metropolis that that art yeah, deco yeah, future yeah, yeah, yeah. type thing yeah absolutely Great stuff um and, and the thing about the stories too is alan moore is not content to write 
uh, surface level superheroes tale. These things work on on a bunch of levels, and you, you may have uh, you know you, what what you assume to be a a standard you know good versus evil story, but it, it it's it's masquerading as an allegory on the comics industry or something that is interesting. It has interested him at the time he wrote it, so it you can you can take it on a bunch of different different levels, which is Alan Moore's strong suit. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's very very good. Uh, oh, the tomorrow stories. That's what I need to read because that's um, that's um, Splash Brown again is in there. And Gracier too by Rick Beach. Mm-hmm. Woohoo! There's Wood. Uh, God, you got to read those. Yeah, there's some Kevin Nolan mm-hmm. in there. It's Rick Beach putting on his Eisner hat. Ooh. Very nice. Uh, man, I miss uh, America's America's best comics. I've, I'm catching up on them, but man, what a what a an amazing collection of Alan Moore works that he was able mm-hmm. to put out under that. It's top 10, Tom Strong, League, um Promethea. I mean, that's he did some amazing uh, some price of his best work in America's best comics. You're right. Yeah. And Mr. Wood, I don't know if you've read this miniseries or not, but you would rack up uh, Buku extra credit points. Uh-huh. If you, have you ever read 1963 from Image? No. Oh, get it. Go on mycomicshop.com and buy all the 1963 issues. Okay. You got, you got to do it. You'll probably get them for a song. You yeah. must read those. Yes. I, I won't did. tell you the creative, I won't tell you the creative teams involved mm-hmm. other than Alan Moore. Just okay. take it uh, on faith that it's going to be one of the best things you've ever read. Those are really? strong words. Yes. And it, it, but it's not finished. Yeah. And it's still probably one of the best things you've ever read. So that's one of them. Uh, me. See, I don't, yeah, that... Chris, you've never read 1963? Planetary, you know, you can't... Like, I don't know. Dave. <laughs> Dave never I know. I know. I know. I, I read the first issue or two. But I, oh, you too? I, I need you to, never finished it? I never finished it. Or never, well, neither today, but I never I, I never read what's been completed so far. Oh, man. I'll fix that. All right. There, there's your, there's your homework like for little, future It's like a little piece episode. of Vince has died inside. I know. I know. <laughs> uh, all right. I'll tell you who worked on it. Alan Moore, Rick Veach, Steve Bissett. It's, it's a love letter to Silver Age Marvel Comics. Yep. you got to oh. read this. You'll instantly recognize the characters on the first issue cover. Oh, okay. Wow. Got Rick Veach pencils, Dave Gibbons inks. It's good Ooh. shit. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and but that's that's the caveat with this series that they never finished it. Mm. Yeah. It's a big caveat, yeah. bro. No, it's not. <laughs> no. Much. The 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 joy is in those twenty two pages of each issue. It just some of the best artwork and writing ever to appear between four color covers. I'm I'm not joking yet. Uh, I mean, I, I, all right, give it. A, Give it a little try. But, uh, see, and I and I feel I feel justified in in pushing this because honestly, you can find these issues in quarter bins. Okay, you can get them for next to nothing. Yeah, it's great stuff. Horus, God of Light. Oh, jeez. Yeah, I'm not going to go on. <laughs> hey, eleven o'clock comic guys. This is Ash. Fighting insomnia again. I work at night sleep during the day, but I don't sleep during the day that much. Anyway, thought I'd shout out a couple of books I've been reading. Books I thought were pretty awesome that not a lot of people are reading. Rebels, 
my goodness. Rebels is just oh, so much goodness on that book. Tony Bedard, man, I, that's my favorite book coming out right now. Let's see, Agents of Atlas. I just found Agents of Atlas. I don't know how I missed that, but I didn't think it was that good. I think I skipped most of the Dark Rain books. But Agents of Atlas, that's pretty awesome. Anyway, you guys, uh, stay safe. Last call. Let's yeah. go. We're pushing. I got some. We're pushing Luther, two I, I hours. Got, I got some Luther Arkwright. I gotta. I gotta read. Oh, there you go. Yeah, and I'll and I'll tell you, the hotline has been ringing off the friggin' hook. Nice. You know. We we got ten messages this time what? around. What? I'm telling you, it, we're not gonna. We're not part. gonna have to do a show. I think. Well, no, I th- think there were a few that uh, that might have trickled in today. That uh, any birds cool. up in this joint? <laughs> there, there's one really strange one. Uh, David sent it to me, and I, and I, 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 I wanted to message him back and saying, "Is this really for our show?" It's some woman at an airport. <laughs> she called the and, wrong and number. She, and she, no, and really? She's waiting. Yeah. Yes, oh, and she's real? waiting for someone to pick her up, and she's got a British accent. So, she sounds smoking yeah, hot, though. The email, the email I sent to Vince, I says, I says, wow, Sam sounds kind of hot. Yeah, her name's, yeah, it's 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 really, really odd. And um, I hope she got picked up. The, the, there's one message in the, in the bunch from uh, who a person who introduced himself finally as Kevin, and he said some not very complimentary stuff about our listeners who participate in the hotline. And then he called back and kind of sort of in his own little way, apologized for being so critical. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the language he uses is kind of rough, but he, he does smooth it out a little bit. So I'm going to include that in there. And if he didn't want it included, I'm sorry, but I think it does the guy a service by including it because I, it makes him more more human. I, I believe it's the gentleman who called last time, and and Wood and I were trying to ask everybody to please let us know who you are when you're calling. Yeah, he he's he's kind of uses language that is very informal. He basically called us assholes or someone okay. assholes. Yeah, and uh, but he he kind of gives his reasons, which is cool, and he's very upfront about it, which I respect. So I'm going to include that in this episode. I hope he doesn't mind, but he did call the hotline, so it's fair game. <laughs> and uh, you, you you get a kind of a little insight into his reasons why he he feels some of our our uh, people are assholes. Our, our so. beloved our beloved uh, uh, callers, the Templar, and it's the only reason I listen to the episodes now. I, I don't want to yeah. well. Listen. Us talking fucking more, right? So. Jeez, I hear myself talk all day. Yeah. But uh, and that's the thing. And I said it on the forum. If you call, I will include it in the episode. Mm-hmm. Whether it's just you breathing into the microphone for two minutes, I'll include it because if yeah, because you, we don't believe yeah. in anything like quality fucking control around right. this joint. <laughs> and if it and if it doesn't make it no. in this episode, it, it it will make it in the next one. Right, that's kind of an elitist viewpoint because I feel that, you know, as with art, there's really no bad kind of contribution because they're, they're making the effort. If they're going to make the effort, I'm going to include it. That's the least I could do, right? So bring that's on the heavy thinking. breathing. Bring on the heavy breathing and the masturbating. Those will be for David. I don't need that. I can hear Mike Sims coming up with ideas as we speak. Oh, Mike Sims knocked it out of the park, yo, in this episode. Yo, baby, yo. I can't wait. Yeah. For real, yo. 
Uh, right, so, oh, I know oh quick shout out real quick. We I can't yeah. believe we haven't done this yet. Uh, Tony Fleeks. Yes. Is, yes. Thank you for who bringing is a that listener up. and also uh, a write, comic writer and illustrator. Um, he's been throw some superlatives in there because this guy's good. Well, yeah. Well, so he. But for those that he's uh, he's he's done um, CB Sabolsky's Wonderlost. Uh, he's the writer me, of Tell Him Johnny Wad. Was here. Tell Him Johnny Wad. Yeah. Uh, uh, in my lifetime, uh, oh, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. So credited to David for this because I wasn't uh, reading Tony's blog. I am now, but but David pointed this out. Um, Tony posted on his blog, which is uh, his name is Tony Fleeks, which is um, Tony T O N Y Fleeks is F L E E C S. So you can get his blog at tonyfleeks.blogspot.com. But anyway, Tony is offering a get your three dollar. Tony Fleeks is broke all the time commemorative sketch uh, and basically it is what you think he he said times are tough stuff's expensive people can't afford original art so he's making it affordable for $3.42 he will do a 3 by 5 uh, sketch for you of, of just about anything that, that, uh, that you can imagine he's been posting the stuff as he does it and let me tell you something this is if he was charging twenty three forty two, uh, people wouldn't think twice, and uh, it, it's pretty unbelievable. He he's uh, I, I put in an order. I know a bunch of other guys. I think you guys put in some orders. Um, yeah. he's, he's a listener of the show. He wrote me back immediately. Super complimentary, uh, and he the dude is not only unbelievably talented, but he's super quick as well. And um, you know, if, if you have an inkling for original art. And usually can't afford it or can't afford it right now. Um, you know, for three bucks, three dollars forty two cents less than the comic, you can get a piece of original, one of a kind art. And it's uh, just go to his blog and you'll see. Uh, he's got pictures of Hawkeye, Robin, Savage Dragon, Dupe, uh, Daredevil, Hellboy. It's it's great, great stuff. And um, and, and I just want to say to him thanks very much because uh, I put in an order for a bunch of uh, characters that my sons will love. And uh, it's just uh, it's awesome. So uh, thanks, Tony. Appreciate you listening to the show and the offer. And uh, and I I don't know how long he's running this for, but I do think it is still open. So if you are interested, now, where, me, where, can you, where can you find this again? Tony uh, Fleeks. Our forum. Our forum. Yeah, there's a link in the forum. Um, David posted a link in the forum. But if you want to go directly to his blog, it's tonyfleeks.blogspot.com. So. Yeah, and I think I kind of ticked him off a little bit because my request for definitely from below the belt. I, I wanted a Sue Storm and a Vampirella, but I want them topless. And he's like, "Man, somebody's always got to bring the tits in." Yeah. I was like, "Hey, it's uh, why it's, should I? Why should I break with tradition right now?" It's it's one character per sketch. So it's like no, no group shots. It's just you know, one one character per three by five card. Uh, Canadian customers can uh, can throw an extra buck into PayPal, so it'll cover shipping to Canada. He doesn't want to leave anybody out, and. Um, do and live yeah, in Canada? I, well, that's what I hear. Uh, are, are they live? Are they prisoners? But it, it's just it's it's a uh, it's the, the the art is awesome. There's a uh, actually Mr. Pat Loika posted a full on commission piece Tony did for him last year, which is stunning. Oh, it's sweet. The man the man is super talented. If when when you're on Tony's blog, click on the links for the work he's 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 done and. Order in my lifetime. It's one of the best things I, I picked up in, wow. uh, at the New York Comic Con. It's an autobiographical comic book. I can't wait for more. I keep. I, I want more. Um, it's because of Dave Wachter oh. that I 
checked the book out and I immediately, I, I read it that weekend. And, and when we got back to the show the next day, I, uh, I told Tony how much I enjoyed it. It's, um, it's funny. It, the art is great. His, his style is great. I still have to read the, the tell him Johnny Wad was here. So I, I want to see how he's writing for someone else. And, uh, I just think he's super talented. I mean, we have, and and not to to just forget about some of the other people that have commissions open on the website. Steve Bryant has commissions going on, selling original art pages. Also, um, we have Andy Jewett is open for commissions. We just, I mean, pretty much everybody is. I'm sorry, Dave Wachter. Yep, always. Who I have to, I have to hope is not pissed off at me at this point. <laughs> he's, he's playing with his new iMac. He doesn't give a shit. Yeah, uh, today today on Twitter, Dave scolded me for not returning his email that he sent oh. earlier in the week. Yeah, and I, I said, uh, I sent out a tweet saying, hi, Dave. And, and in parentheses, I put, please retweet this as many times as possible. So he had people retweeting my hi, Dave message. Like he got, must have got like 10 or 15 of them. Nice. So I could just, I could just imagine Dave is a little torqued off at me. I love you, Dave. Uh, I did it. Oh, I got a I, uh, quick shout out. Uh, Astounding Wolfman trade uh, yes. volume two came out today. Um, uh, Jason Howard uh, is the artist on that. There's this Robert Kirkland guy that writes it too. Um, Jason, Jason, uh, great guy, great artist. So, uh, Astounding Wolfman is. It seems like it's one of the Kirkman books that doesn't really get talked about a whole heck of a lot uh i i thoroughly enjoy it it's it's a it's a fun book and i love jason's work so uh if you haven't read astounding wolfman now's a, a good time to maybe go out and grab a trade or two i buy it in singles i buy it, I'm yeah. supporting the cause. I buy it singles and trade i'm silly that way do you I'll, really well jason J- jason's me. jason supported us by coming to the windy city comic-con so i try and i try and support my support my guys you're a good man uh, yep and get, give, give those give those singles away to the kids and keep the trades all for right. myself all right we out of here thanks for listening um make sure that you check out razzle oh yeah oh league of extraordinary gentlemen getting ready to come out so read that for sure read it you bet. oh sure Go ahead, read Jason. agents okay. of atlas read now. agents of atlas yeah. absolutely uh read amazing spider-man all right. I like that. Thank you, David, and everybody else. We see you next week. Bye. Yeah. Bye-bye. Bye. Mother bitches. <laughs> Love you, David. For shizzle. Mad at me. Love you, David. <laughs>